Hi, everyone. Um, we're here on our latest podcast of Life With No Filter. And this episode is really, really special because we are going to be talking with someone very important um, who is from the Brain and Spine Foundation. His name is Mark Smith. He's the CEO. And I'm here again with my friends, um, Vanessa Robinson, Brooke Trotter and Rod Maxwell, and of course myself, Kavita Bassi. We'll be talking to Mark and getting some insight on um, the Brain and Spine Foundation charity. Now, um, really nice to see you, Mark. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much indeed. I'm very pleased to have been invited to uh, to join you all. Thank you um, for the invitation. Well, we're very excited to learn more about the Brain and Spine Foundation. So it would be really good to just understand um, like how would you describe the foundation and, and, and how the organization helps people, survivors, but not just survivors, the friends and family also. But if you could just tell us a little bit about what the Brain and Spine Foundation does. Sure. Um, well, I'm very proud to say that the Brain and Spine Foundation um, is 29 years old. It's been going along for wow. nearly 30 years. So we'll be celebrating a birthday next year, 30th birthday. And it was set up by a prominent um, neurosurgeon, a guy called Peter Hamlin, who 30 years ago was doing fantastic work um, with life-saving operations. And then um, basically turning his patients, his people out into a system which really wasn't able to provide very much help and support. And so he set the charity up with the purpose of giving those people who have uh, a neurological condition um, across all, all sorts of neurological conditions, um, the offer to get um, help and support and information related to their particular journey. So that's what we've been doing for 30 years and we continue to do that today. And um, we do that by way of a helpline, which is manned by neuroscience trained officers so we have uh, currently three lovely ladies, um, Eva, Gail and Joe, who are all trained um, neuroscience nurses who um, answer the phone and address people's questions. And then we provide accessible information um, by way of either booklets or um, downloads on the, um, on the website. Um, so that's primarily how we um, help people. Um, but in the last uh, in the last year, actually, we've also launched a new initiative, which is around this sort of thing. It's um, around peer to peer support groups. Um, we've uh, we've moderated some groups on Facebook for a while for specialist conditions, carry malformations and SAHs, um, which is great. But um, this year we're doing something called Neurosocial, which is a, a virtual drop in for people who uh, want to share their experiences and just in confidence be able to share and chat about what they're going through. And more recently, another uh, nice initiative, which is a program called My Creative Life, which is uh, an art therapy based um, support group. So we're quite um, we're quite busy. But at its heart, what we try and do is just give people support and encouragement about where they are on their particular journey, help them understand what situations they're facing and um, hopefully just help them with a degree more confidence, be able to take that next step forwards towards a towards um you know sort of a, a, a better life I, I mean the brain and spine foundation 
have helped me so much, um, especially in my early stages of recovery, um, and also given me direction. What you said about the helpline, you know, that for me is one of the things that I sort of relate to with the Brain and Spine Foundation because they helped me to give some information. Uh, sorry, they helped me to guide me where to get some help for my family, um, which is, you know, what was really good for my recovery and for, to get them some understanding on what I was going through. So, you know, that was really, really helpful for me. But I think the helpline at the Brain and Spine Foundation for me has been one of the, the great things there. Um, I think Vanessa has a few things that she wants to mention as well. Sure. Hello, Mark. Hi there, Vanessa. You know, thank you for outlining what uh, great work the Brain Spine Brain and Spine Foundation does. Um, when did you join, and uh, you know what made you choose the Brain and Spine Foundation over other great charities? <laughs> well, th thank you for the question. Um, I joined actually only two years ago. Uh, I've been in post uh, as CEO two, uh, yeah, 19, uh, 2019 I joined. Um, and the reason I joined, um, without being too flippant, is, is because I was asked. Um, a very good friend of mine was one of the senior trustees, um, a founding trustee, um, and he and the chairman were in the process of looking for a CEO. And, um, I, I was busy doing another job, which was marketing and advertising consultancy. Uh, and they said, Mark, what about, you know, <laughs> all, all, this, all this persuading people to buy things they don't <laughs> want or need? Why don't you come to a proper job yeah, instead? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought about it very seriously. And um, the reason that I said yes was because the brain and spine um, is a small organization, uh, but is one that ambitiously is looking to grow so it can help more people. And that really is about branding and marketing. So I thought I could- Yeah, so value. that's the tie-in, yeah. I could, I could add some value there. Um, it's also um, a small but perfectly formed team. And um, <laughs> I think it was similar to some of the teams I was running when I was in my advertising career. So I felt I could, I could do that. Um, and, and last but not least, um, it was important to me to work for the brain and spine because I have a family member who um, has a neurological condition. Um, my younger brother has been living with uh, epilepsy for, uh, oh gosh, 50 years, 50 years. Uh, so it's not that much younger, uh, but uh, he's, uh, yeah, so I know what it's like to have a sibling uh, and a family who um, have to sort of live, live through those challenges. Yeah. Um, Almost creating something that you wish you maybe had 50 years ago. Certainly. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, both for him and my parents and the rest of us, I think it would have been very helpful to have the yeah. sort of support and information that um, the brain and spine currently provides. And at the time, we, we weren't aware of it. So I don't think we accessed that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, I um, downloaded your app the uh, Neuro Life app and sort of answer the questions, you know, the monthly questionnaire. Yes. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that and what you're going to do with the data that you receive from uh, respondents like me? Certainly. Well, first of all, Vanessa, thank you very much indeed for, uh, for signing <laughs> up and downloading. I, I hope you found it uh, easy to do. Um, yeah, I did. And believe me, things tech 
technology has to be easy for for me so yes it's uh, it's past the test the idiot proof test yeah well um vanessa you are now one of nearly 760 people who have signed up to the app um since it was launched in january and and i'm delighted that um your story and your experiences which you're sharing through the completion of the monthly survey um, is being produced uh, anonymously, uh, uh, amalgamated. That those stories, that data, then gets put out as a uh, as a report, um, which tries to paint the picture of real life experience of living with a neurological condition at these very challenging times. It's about understanding um, sort of the access to care that people are getting. Um, the sort of treatments that are available and any disruption which might have been occurring. And the reason that's important to get sort of lived experience, that, that person voice um, represented, is that we're gathering this data and then using it as evidence to support commissioners and those people who design care services to make sure that they fill in the gaps, um, both now um, during this time of, of COVID crisis, but also going forward. So it's about um, people with with conditions making their voices heard to those who are going to be uh, commissioning the services that they mm. need. So almost providing them with the evidence and saying, "This, this, this here's the demand." You know. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly yeah. right. And I'm glad to say that um, you know, although we're in the early days of the of the program, um, the app is proving to be um, you know useful, and people are signing up. Uh, so I'd encourage anybody who's listening to be able to go and sign up and, and use it because um, it's nationwide. You know, we're getting good representation from all parts of the country and we're working with commissioners and NHS Trust to be able to look at the data and look at the evidence that's being presented and, and saying, well, how can we how can we use this to actually influence the change that uh, that we want? Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for establishing it. Uh, I'd like to hand you over to, uh, to Rod, because I think he's got a few questions for us. Thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah. Hello, Mark. Um, in terms of um, the number of charities that work in this field around brain and spinal health, there's quite a, quite a number of those when you think of Hadway and Basic and, and many, many others that I, I don't know about. Um, how how well do you think that 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 ecosystem of organisations are working together, and how does this brain and spinal uh, foundation look to collaborate uh, with with those organisations? Generally, I've found that organisations collaborate really well because there's common cause, isn't there? That's, you know, everybody wants to be able to help the community that they that they've been established to to support. Um, I think that um, because the brain and spine is one of only very few pan neuro charities, as in we're not spe uh, condition specific, we've got a great opportunity actually to, to collaborate very well um, without sort of treading on each other's toes with nearly all of the organisations um, who are out there across the UK. Um, a really good example of how we've been doing that is actually with NeuroLife Now. Um, we've, we're collaborating with the Neurological Alliance, who are the membership organisation for patient-led organisations who um, work in the neurological space. So the Neurological Alliance represents about 80 members. Um, and uh, the Board of Trustees and the Chief Executive at the Neurological Alliance have been really supportive of 
NeuroLife now. So in one fell swoop, effectively, we've got the support of 80 plus organizations behind us. And as the organization and as NeuroLife now grows, more and more um, members are actively supporting it through their channels of distribution and promoting it through social media, but external organizations who have a vested interest um, or who work in this space are also coming forward to volunteer to, to help. So um, you can see that um, you know, it's uh, the, the right sort of proposition, the right sort of product program or campaign can really draw, draw the right sort of support. Um, I'm a big believer in better together, Rod. It's, um, mm. you know, sort of, it, it's great that these individual um, charities and organizations um, exist and they all do brilliant work, but there's, a, there's an awful lot that can also be achieved um, by forming alliances of common cause and where would you say the balance of your investment research and time is between helping people adapt to living with brain injury with spinal injury versus looking at you know um, preventive things or things that can be done in hospital to to actually help overcome the um, uh, conditions is there a, a, an equal split between those or do you focus more on one area than another um that's a good question, thank you. I think the brain and spine currently in its proposition and what it's able to do is more, more focused on helping people and families and carers live with the condition. Um, and it's all about living well with, um, because that just happens to be where our expertise exists. Um, and we know that, gosh, what is it? It's, I think it's one in, one in six people across the UK who have some sort of neurological condition or other. So that's, that's nearly 13 million people. If you add the families and the carers, you've got a big community. So, um, you know, we certainly exist to help those people um, understand where they are on their journey, understand um, maybe some of their early signs or their symptoms, um, help them to understand, you know, sort of how to get into the into the system and then um, to manage their condition as best they can. And we do that obviously through the expertise provided by our helpline nurses and through our information. But as Kavita alluded to, we also do a lot of signposting to other specialist organizations. Um, we recognize you know, to the point about collaboration that there's only a, there's only a limited uh, uh, amount of the journey that we can be with people and therefore we point them to specialist areas as required. Um, as a consequence of doing that, um, I think it's all, it's about the, the management of chronic conditions that we're able to, to help with directly. But with programs like the NeuroLife Now and by working with the Neurological Alliance, um, we put a lot of effort into influencing policy change and working with clinicians and neuroscience uh, centers of excellence to make sure that, that admissions and patient treatments, et cetera, and care is also um, being uh, influenced by the patient voice. So I can, I can imagine part of that working with the NHS must be a, a major part of the work that you do. Increasingly so, uh, and particularly with NeuroLife now, we're delighted to say that um, we are able to uh, work with certain parts of, uh, of the NHS and through the Alliance, um, we're able to talk to NHS improvements and other um, parts of that system, just at a time when they're resetting. Um, you know, it's, uh, we know that uh, the NHS are taking the opportunity now to reconsider how best they can 
serve um, you know, the population, um, we're putting our, our case forward for the improvement around neurological service improvements as well. Very good. Well, uh, I think uh, Brooke has some questions around some of that future um, activity. Thank you. Hi, Mark. Nice to meet you. My Brooke, question. Nice to see you too. <laughs> I've got my, I'm unmuted this time. My um, my question is a little bit more personal. It's um, I had a, I was not swerved by a car in 2007. I've lived with a traumatic brain injury ever since. Um, back then. We woke up, we, were, we left hospital with literally a leaflet and the noise that I had a brain injury. We knew nothing about it. Over time, I've seen, you know, obviously learned a lot more, but I've seen, um, I've seen massive improvements in the general um, awareness, but there's still a long way to go, particularly something I'm trying to do at the moment in the dating world with um, the amount of girls I've had put off by this. It's just not, not a I mean, there might be, you know, they're, they're doing great things with the neural life things and stuff like that, but um, not, I don't think for the general public, they're getting, you know, the awareness out. What's, what do you think is sort of the future for the Brain and Spinal Foundation in terms of awareness, promoting awareness? Thank you for the question, but a, a really important question because um, I think it goes right to the heart of the issue that um, a lot of folk are facing. And that is whether you have an acquired brain injury through accident or trauma, or whether you have a, a condition um, which is, uh, you know, sort of gradual. Um, I think the trouble is it, it they're, they're invisible to the to the to, to the majority of people, um, and I think without the general awareness or the awareness in 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 the public eye about the fact that people are living with these these conditions, which aren't always um, obvious. Um, there's sort of an ignorance and a misunderstanding. So absolutely, we support um, things like the initiatives that Headway were doing around the around the sort of the, the condition cards and the great lanyards which came in a couple of years back around hidden disabilities, those sorts of things. And I think the big challenge is um, both as an organisation, but also as a community and for the general public to um, try and destigmatize. Um, some of these things. Um, you know, I know that there have been some very distressing stories in the early days of lockdown when people with a genuine need uh, and an absolute um, sort of requirement um, and right to take advantage of specialist shopping slots, for example, yeah. um, were being turned away or challenged because they had no way of demonstrating visibly that they were living with a condition, which I think is terribly unfair. Um, so I think that those things around either unknown um, or invisible conditions um, or just have a lack of appreciation in the general public's eye about what it's like to live with these, um, with these challenges um, leads to all sorts of complications and unwarranted variation. And, and it's, um, it's, about, it's about probably raising the voice and having a bit of a campaign, having a bit of a, uh, a, a theme around that. And um, there's such stigma around it, isn't there? Like Particularly when I'm, if I'm meeting somebody new, I tell them I've got a, a TBI, traumatic brain injury. They will then they then tend to Google TBI, and um, you know they ask me to explain stuff about it, and they, they don't know anything about it from the start. So it would just it would be just nice if the general knowledge was a bit better from people. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's, there are some, you know, hey, listen, there's some organizations out there who are doing a brilliant job in terms of being able to campaign and Headway is certainly one of them. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there are other membership organizations like UCBIF, the uh, uh, Association of British Head Injury is, uh, is uh, really strong at doing this. And we're lending our voice and we're lending some of our um, efforts and some of the plans uh, in the year ahead to be able to start campaigning and sharing stories and experience. And again, I, I go back to things like NeuroLife Now, which allow people to be able to sort of download their experience and share their stories. And then we can use that to um, start campaigning, um, which is uh, which would be really great. I'd love to say that, yeah. People need to talk about it, don't they? That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. How's the, um, how, how's the dating calendar going? It's... We've got, well, the thing is, the problem I have is like, do you tell them, do you tell them initially or do you, my, my, my view at first was I'll meet somebody and I'd give them, I'd, you know, go on maybe a first date and then let them, you know, not know. And then let me, let, my, 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 um, my theory was to prove myself, you know, an okay person before they, um, they, they realised about that or do I, um, be upfront and honest. So I've, I've now changed my profile on, my, on the site, so it, it says it from the start. So it's best. It's, it's best to be honest. And my theory is that you know you might be going to attract, might attract less people, but you you're going to attract more of a smaller number of the right people, aren't you? So I I I absolutely agree. Always be honest. And um and there's there's nothing not okay about having a brain injury or a neuro condition. It's your life and you're living it the way you do. So Yeah, it's a case of yeah, it's a case of just getting that um full acceptance and exciting yeah. and pride, isn't it? But, yeah. Well, good luck with that. Hey, listen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm old, fat and gone 50, so you can't I'm not going to give you any dating tips. <laughs> Oh, Mark, it's been so um, nice to have you on here today and just to talk to us about all the great things that the Brain and Spine Foundation do. Um, it's, um, like I said, they have just been absolutely so helpful to me after I had my subarachnoid hemorrhage. And I just want to say as well, you know, you touched upon the booklets earlier. Um, those booklets have been so helpful because what I do is if no one in my family is listening to me or doesn't understand what I'm trying to say, I get those booklets out and I put them in front of them again, just to remind them that this is what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. Um, because you know, it's just those things when you say, I'm really exhausted, I'm really tired. And then they turn around and say, well, I'm really tired. And it's, like, it's not the same tiredness. <laughs> it is hard to just, carry on the um uh awareness raising you know because people do forget and people do tend to just you know sometimes brush it off but yeah, yeah. It, it's great that the brain and spine foundation do keep that awareness the other thing i wanted to just touch upon as well is um which i have noticed a lot is the social media side of brain and spine i mean it i think that's been really really um good because i've seen more and more of it um especially across all the different channels as well on twitter on instagram and on facebook and um, do you think that's you know that's helped in in some way especially during lockdown and everything 
Yeah, Kavita, uh, uh, absolutely. I think that's um, two very good points. And I think it certainly has helped. We're really lucky that we've um, we've got a great team led by Lauren at the Brain and Spine who are driving our social media platforms. And we've got quite a lot to say. So um, it's good that we're active um, across those channels. I think we're also very cognizant that um, at this time, particularly in the last year, you know, people haven't been able to get out so much and do the face-to-face -face peer supports that they're turning to all sorts of other channels to to look to get information and to to share advice and um, and support. So that's really important. Um, but again, although going back to NeuroLife now and social media per se, these digital channels are are great for mass communication. Um, but we're we're aware that not everybody has access to to them. Not everybody has access to computers. Not everybody's comfortable using those interfaces. So we're we're trying to keep um, uh, very much an open mind and open channels to to analog, um, the phone, face to face where we can. Um, that's where the booklets are important. Um, and we um, you know we're we're very um, we're very aware that we want to try and stay as inclusive as possible in all the work that we do so that we can um, we can reach as many possible as we can. Yeah, that's the idea. That's the idea. But those are uh, those booklets, you're right, um, are really important. And Kavita, I know you and I have, because um, we're very proud to have you as an ambassador for the Brain and Spine, uh, and you do such brilliant work uh, for us and other charities. But those booklets are, are really important to us, um, you know, and they get very well used. Um, I think the other thing which is interesting is that we're trying to develop a program of support for um, for carers and for family members quite specifically. Um, and again, this is a sort of a future plan for NeuroLife now. At the moment, we well, we ask people with conditions to complete a regular survey, but I'd like to extend that to carers and also to family members because um, everybody's, I know it's, it's, it's very much um, a person-centric condition it's about it's about how you are experiencing it but the support that um, people get to manage um, their conditions is also very important to understand their perspective and mark just by uh, wrapping up um, if anybody wants any more information about the the brain and uh, spine foundation um, is a case of just putting in those words in Google and something will come up or should they go to Facebook or your website or where, where would you put, point them towards? Uh, thank you, Rod. That's a, that's a good question and, and thank you allows me to, to sort of wave the flag. Um, if, if anybody's interested, um, they can go to www.brainandspine.org.uk and that will take us to the website. But if you have a, uh, an, an inquiry about a condition or a symptom, if you type it up, we come up pretty high in SEO and just click onto the um, brain and spine link. And that should take you directly to either the website or a specific information page. Um, and over and beyond that, um, there's also details of the helpline number that you can call um, if, you, if you want to get in touch with one of our neuro nurses. Wonderful. Well, look, uh, on behalf of us all, thank you very much for your time. And uh, thanks for supporting our podcast as well. I think it's on your website. Um, we really appreciate that. Uh, so uh, that's uh, Mark Smith from the Brain and Spine Foundation. That's uh, another um, episode of uh, Life With No Filter uh, brought to you by Altrium Community Media and Radio Alti. See you again soon. Thank you, Mark. Yes, thank you very much, everybody.